Hey everybody, welcome to the Afterward. I'm Dave Tish. Well, guys, this is it. This is the final week of our Here to Stay campaign. As I'm recording this, um, on the Thursday before Commitment Sunday, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I don't know what the numbers are going to be. I think our finance people are going to be adding that up for a little bit, but we're excited. And uh, as Jay said, whatever God gives us, well, that's how much we're supposed to have, and that's what we'll use for ministry. But we're excited about it because it's an invitation to participation, an invitation for everyone who calls Westgate home to really think and and, and be a part of this thing. And so we're excited about that. Uh, this is um, a pretty big moment in our church's history. Um, again, the last time we had a campaign was to build the worship center. So this is a, it's kind of a big thing. And so as we go into that, I've got Jay Kim here. We're going to talk about just what we learned over this campaign, what kind of lessons he learned, and what he wants to carry forward from this campaign into the future um, for, for months and years to come. So, And so with that, let's just dive right in. Hey everybody, welcome to the afterward. We're here on a rainy, rainy day. It is rainy. With Jay Kim. Rainy week. Atmospheric river. That's that what, what they're it calling is? it. Wow. It's from Hawaii. They call it a pineapple oh. express. Oh, not the Seth Rogen m- movie, which should not be watched. I uh, never watched it. And it's, it's kind of, it's a, like kind of a, what's it called? A raunchcom or something? Oh ah, yeah. Anyways. Yes. Hey, can I ask you a question? Yes. This has nothing to do with the Here to Stay campaign, which is very important. Okay. Nothing to do with the pledges or the work of God in our church. Yeah. It's way, way less important. Okay. Okay, so here's the question. This past weekend, NFC Championship game. The, the Well, this, this well, sorry. was like a week and a half so, ago. Yeah, so yeah. as we're recording, yeah. it was last week, yeah. right? Uh, the, the Niners were down big to the Lions. Yeah. It was bad. And I heard something that was really interesting across the spectrum from people who are 49ers fans who are also Christian. Okay. And they were like, man, you just, you gotta, you can't ever have negative thoughts entering, man. You gotta keep the faith. You gotta keep praying. Yeah. And I praying, keep praying and keep the faith. You can't about the the game about the game. That's interesting. And I thought to myself, well, did anyone really pray for that's so interesting? Well, I, well, I know, well, here's, here's the thing I know for sure. A lot of pro athletes pray. Yeah, maybe for for sure for like safety and and for the game, game to go the, because but did you pray like Lord help us win? I think so. I think so. So what happens to the losing team? Because they know. got people who prayed the same thing. Exactly. Well, That's I know. Weird. I was thinking about it. Lots of artists That's and weird. athletes pray because there's so much outside of their control when they enter into the field of play. Right. Yes. There's just so much. Like for example, a ball could careen off the face mask of another player right Man, into your what hands. A play. <laughs> Incredible. That was awesome. So the cynic in me says, I have zero, zero confidence that I know that it is within God's will that the Niners win. Zero. (laughs) I have no idea. Yeah. Like there's so much in the world I just got no idea about. Yeah. Um, This is, this is not an area I can pray with any quasi certainty. Yeah. So (laughs) that feels weird to pray. It's pretty weird. I mean... I was just a few months ago with Dave Wilson, Dave and Ann Wilson, and Dave and Ann have been pastors for a long time, planted a church in Michigan. They host this phenomenal conversation podcast show, uh, Family Life Today. Anyways, um, 
two incredibly godly people love the Lord, have been faithful, sacrificed, love Jesus, would die for Christ. Dave was the chaplain of the Detroit Lions for decades. Wow. And is still very integrated. I mean, he was telling off air. He was telling me stories, stories, like beautiful about, yeah, stories yeah. of current players, players yeah, and just cool. their deep, passionate faith in Jesus. And I won't name names. So but, the you know, lions have faith. Players so what happened Jesus? to them? Yeah. yeah, yeah like right. did God just choose not to love them for three hours or I mean, really like an hour and 20 minutes, <laughs> really love them in the first half. And the second half, he was like, nah, I removed my hedge of protection. Pray. You know, that's a, it's a weird thing praying for for a team to win. It is it's weird. Funny. It, I, anyway, I just... No no shade if that's what you did, but it's just, it's just funny. I, I don't know how to make sense of it. All that being said, let's bow our heads and pray <laughs> for the Golden State Warriors now. <laughs> oh, for the Lord. Warriors. I thought you were going to say for the Niners in the Super Bowl next week. No. I mean, that's a given, dude. We're going to win. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Do you, you know ever, what I mean? Do you, before we move on into important really things... Really looking forward to that just disappointment on Taylor Swift's face. Oof. You know? Well, can't I, wait. What if? Can't wait, Tay Tay, to disappoint you. <laughs> Go Niners. Now, you opened your story with the story of Felix Baumgartner. And I, re- I mean, just quick image. I rewatched yeah. that. That was an incredible yeah. thing. Yeah. But I was asking, I, I wondered, that was incredible because he was talking about the hype. Do you remember the guy um, who actually free dove out of an airplane into a 100 foot by 100 foot net? Oh, yeah, I remember that. And that was in Simi Valley. Yeah, pretty crazy. That was also daring. Yeah. There was one. There was one other story of daring that I thought about. Okay, and that was uh, there was a guy in the Silicon Valley named Mark Averill, and for oh. his tenth wedding anniversary, he got his wife a vacuum cleaner as a present. <laughs> so that's also very daring. Did he really? Is yes, that a true story? That's a true story. That's what oh he told me. Oh my goodness, that's uh, incredible. I asked him about it. He said, "I ha- <laughs> I have very few memories." I said, "Well, that's probably the trauma." <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. But the idea is that um, you were talking about was like uh, thirty thousand foot up. You know, just. Get it, or not 30,000 feet up. He was like miles up, right? Yeah, miles, miles and miles. So over miles. the past four weeks in the Here to Stay campaign, we've talked a lot about, on week one, we talked about what is it, what does it mean to yeah. um, to be here. We talked about our history. Week two, we talked about trees. What does it mean to leave trees that will leave shade? Yeah, week plant th- seeds. Yeah, plant trees, seeds. Yeah. Week three, we talked about what happens if, what would happen if Westgate burned down? Right. Is our compassion outside of our walls yeah. to those who are not us, would that matter? And this week, we just talked a, a little bit more about the same kinds of things, the idea that God is able to do things. Yeah, I mean, we just, we didn't, it was just, all, we're, it's all the Lord's. We just right. surrendered it to him. It's not ours. And he can do immeasurably more than we could possibly imagine from our very finite vantage point. One of the things that I thought about as as you were talking, as Steve was talking, is the way that you've defined success. You've been very careful to define success. And I... I, it struck me that it's very un Silicon Valley. So yeah. Silicon Valley would probably say, we're going to raise this money and build this building. And if we don't, it's a failure. Sure. Or we're going to keep pushing until we do. Yeah. Or we'll do this and that. And you have been very clear that it's not about buildings. Mm-hmm. It's not even about money. Mm-hmm. It's really about us being faithful to God. Um, so you kind of move the goalposts about what success is. You're saying success is, or I, I suppose you stuck to goalposts that Jesus has put. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but how, how did you and the elders and all, um, because there's gotta be some tension. I, I know you want to build the building. You, you want to, mm-hmm. you guys have a desire to. Mm-hmm. So 
like, how did you, how do you hold that intention? Here's what I want. Here's what I, we think we want to do, mm-hmm. but there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee. Yeah. I don't really think it's tension. I mean, you just said it, there's no guarantee. So why be tense? Oh, <laughs> you know, right. I don't, I don't think God holds us to that. I think again, he holds us to faithfulness. Did we do, did we do what God asked us to do? And what God asked us to do is not at all costs, go build this building or at all costs, go do X, Y, Z. What he asked us to do is to try. Right. And we've done that. Right. You know, and we've, I think for the uh, past more than a year, yeah, more like eight, mm-hmm. is it 18 months? This has been, well, I mean, it depends on, I mean, it's been years. If you're, if you're talking sure. about just prayerful discussion and fasting, mm-hmm. it's been years, multiple years. So yeah, I, that's why I don't really hold it in tension. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't, I'm not supposed to know. That's why it's a life of faith. So right. faithfulness is the key. And, uh, I think we've tried to do that and we've tried, you know, we've tried our best and, um, and that's why we've been really clear also with folks like sitting there and doing nothing. That's not what we mean when we say we don't know if we're going to build. What we mean is like, that's not up to any single one of us. Right. What is up to us though, is to participate. We have said very clearly 100% participation is the key from, everybody who calls Westgate home. Right. What participation look like looks like is a conversation each of us individually and as families need to have with one another and, and primarily with the Lord. Yeah. Um, and then just to do that, do whatever God is asking you to do, which is something, whatever that might be. Um, just do that. And so that's why there isn't real tension. I think if we all do that, if we all say yes to what God is asking of us, then God will provide exactly what we need to do, exactly what he wants. Right. So, yeah. Now, I'm sure that you've talked to other lead pastors in other areas, mm-hmm. and I imagine part of it must be frustrating because they're like, man, we, we need to build a, bu- a new building here in Minnesota, and it's going to cost us almost $400,000, Jay, <laughs> you know, for this 19 million yeah, square foot home. Totally, you know? yeah, so, yeah. like, the cost is got to be frustrating. Have Has there been advice that other lead pastors have given you about this, or have there been ways that other people have done it? You're like, man, uh, I, I'm not comfortable with that, or that wouldn't work here. Or something like that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways people take on. There's technical stuff that would just bore everybody okay, here. Sure. But no, I mean, I've been encouraged. Most people, I have several friends who are um, either about to launch a campaign or just kind of finished up a campaign at their church for a variety of projects. And it's been really encouraging to me. I think most friends I've talked to around the country sort of have the same posture. It's wow. Like, yeah, it's the Lord and yeah, we just, we got to try, we got to be faithful and dream big, dream as big as God is asking us to dream. So we did that here. We know that, you know, it's way big for us to accomplish of our own strength. And I think that's, that's why faith is so, um, it's so, it, I was going to say it's so critical to the, but I, I would actually say that's why faith is the story. Like that is the, that's the whole thing. This is just an act of faith and faithfulness, you know, just trusting God to do whatever 
he wants to do. I love so. the way you talked about God's able to do immeasurably more. It's like a, a Paul kind of word trick. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like he's like stacking words like very very much mm-hmm. like the idea that um, this is kind of what Paul's hope is in. Yeah, and and I um, my wife and I are watching or watching for the the chosen. Yeah, and it's just insane to look at the setting, look at the yahoos that he's chosen. This collect this yeah. band is misfits. Kind yeah. of, they're just just a bunch of kind of average, yeah, regular men, and then there's some women that that are joining the the movement, and it's what 30, 40 people, and right, what like right. this is going to change all of recorded history, yeah. So that's what he does, you know. Obviously, that's how he moves. yeah, so, that's yeah. the that's the immeasurably more, yeah. Um, what we're leaving the here to stay campaign behind but before we get into that well we're not really leaving it behind we're just not talking about it on sundays like two years of yeah it's two years it's a two year long uh, yeah whatever commitment we made right. honoring that commitment and yeah one of the things the i was thinking yeah when i was thinking about there's a picture behind us of a tree with roots and that was kind of our primary image that yeah. was primary logo for this mm-hmm. the idea of rootedness mm-hmm. Um, and I started thinking about like in two years, there are some people listening to this and go to our church who won't be here. Yeah. And that's transient because this area is like, so, and there's some people who aren't here yet who will become critical members of our family. Yes. It's just the way it is. It's just the, there are, there's, um, there's a pliability or a permeability to our community because of the transients of this area. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's, is that disorienting as a, a pastor in an area? Because, I think about you and you're like so rooted here. Like you, yeah. even your final, you've told the story lots of times, but your, your mom's business was right across the street, like right there, right next door. Right. Like you used to play basketball, yeah. like right on this property. Like yeah. you're, you're about as rooted as a human. It's almost, it's almost incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I do think about it a lot. We discuss it a lot on our leadership team. I think we're having more robust conversations about it as well. Like how do we help people if this is a stop along the way, what's our role to play? Um, So I don't have great answers yet, but yeah, I mean, I think about the transience of, of our city quite a bit and uh, I don't have strong feelings one way or the other. I mean, I've said it many times up front. I don't hold it against anybody. Everybody has to be where God's asking them to be. Right. So if that means the Bay area or San Jose for 18 months, and then God's asking them to be somewhere else, then that's where you should go. And as a church, we want to be as faithful to the calling to serve that person for those 18 months as, as best as we can and help them find belonging and meaningful community and, together with Growth. that meaningful yeah. community be shaped into Christ likeness yeah. and then launched to whatever is next, you know, or if someone's here for 20 years, awesome. That, you know, same <laughs> it happens. So, um, yeah, yeah I, I have lots of sort of incomplete thoughts about it, but I don't, I don't, you know, it, it is what it is. And, and our city is what it is. It's a very expensive place to live. So people are, probably for a long time going to be in and out and 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 that's okay you know that means that we have to serve them well in a very unique way and we're happy to do that uh i was just meeting with the family um who's just new to our church and that we're talking about this and that and they were talking about 
all sorts of things that, you know, could be in the future. And I'm like, yeah, that could be. But, as, and I, I took a, a line from you and I just stole it because I love it. As long as you're here, mm-hmm. let's be all in. Yeah. For and I thought, for, yeah. I think that that's really a great way to think about it. Look, as long as I'm in, I'm not going to hedge my bets. I'm going to dive, you know, just dive right in. Like yeah. all in with my spiritual life, with growth, with yeah. the church community as much as I can. Yeah. Because... I mean, that's and that's actually a form of faithfulness mm-hmm. because that's it's right. saying it's saying I'm not going to wait until the conditions are perfect. They'll never yeah. be perfect. I'm going to take this as seriously as I can. Yep. Okay, but we are moving out of talking about it. What kind of legacy? What kind of tendrils do you want this sermon series to have going forward to the next two years? Like when people think about what they've learned or what yeah. have you learned that you think you're going to carry with you for the next two years. Yeah, I mean, you know, we started on Sunday, Elisa Saratoga started with uh, Felix Baumgartner's story because that's probably it. I want us to um, be the sort of people who take the time from time to time to remember that um, at the ground level in the everyday minutia of life, it's going to be very hard, almost impossible to see with the sort of perspective that we'll have later, you know, and that God always has that, um, we're planting seeds, you know, in, in ways that we'll never see the fruit of it on this side of eternity, or at least we won't see it all the way, you know, like Mildred Schultz, right? She's like with the Lord in heaven, but she sees now, you know, she knows like, Oh my gosh, look what's happening. Pretty crazy, huh? We just bought a little storefront on Quito road and what the heck, you know? Yeah. So, you just, it's impossible to have that perspective in the present. Impossible. Yeah, and I hope yeah. we can live in such a way that, um, we, we live as if those little things that we do, those small little decisions and acts of faithfulness and sacrifice, we do them in such a way that man, these, these little decisions and sacrifices are writing a story that is going to be so beautiful. I can't even imagine it right now, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, we bought two trees, a Carolina laurel cherry and a lavender bottle brush mm-hmm. that we will be planting on our campus and cool. one at South Hills as well. Yeah. And there's a sense in which these trees are like metaphors. Yeah. When I was three, I got an acorn at a park that I picked up <laughs> and I told my mom I wanted to plant it. Yeah. And so my dad took me out in the back and I was three years old and I planted it in our backyard we lived on quite a few acres. We lived on like yeah. five acres in the edge of town. So it was kind of big and rural. Yeah. And that tree is now 80, 90 feet tall. Wow. It's an oak tree. Cool. It's yeah. gigantic. Yeah. It's just massive. And I just. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty nuts. It's been like. They well, grow like that fast. It's huge. That's crazy. It's an oak tree and it's in the Midwest. There's nothing but water. You planted it when? When I was three. So it's been 40 something so years. 40 something years it grew that big. It's crazy. 40 years though. That, I mean, for a tree, that's pretty quick. Yeah, actually, it's 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 size. it's it's huge. It's good soil. Yeah, it's good soil. Yeah, it's gigantic. I'll show you a picture. It's okay. huge. That's awesome. It's really cool. My my point is, cool. no chance I could have imagined that, right? Oh yeah, just zero. Of course, zero chance. Yeah. Zero chance. When I was a kid, I had no. In fact, I forgot about it for a good decade. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> I moved away from home. Yeah, and for years, it probably looked like just a few branches. A tiny, tiny sapling or something. Yeah, you're yeah. like, what is that? And Lame. like, look, it's you know? getting bigger. And now it's like making cracks on the driveway. And, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. My dad actually had to 
redesign where he was going to, he built like this huge shed. He had to redesign it. Oh yeah. To be, to get away from would, it. Yeah. Cause where the roots were. Yeah. It's pretty it's crazy. Cra- it's pretty crazy. Just with some seeds. Huh? Yeah. It's pretty nuts. Yeah. That's the hope. It's like, man, we can't even, you hold the seeds in your hand and you're like, there's no way, man. Yeah. There's not enough substance in these seeds or whatever it is for an 80 foot tree. But yeah, that's an incredible, you know, it's like even like just like, physiologically you know like biologically scientifically it's kind of mind-blowing if you think about it like just on a logical level like an acorn yeah yeah it contains a giant tree that produces a forest like if you if we didn't know science if we were pre-scientific revolution people this this tiny what would we think to ourselves we would think like where is the it's magic yeah you'd be like where is that mass (laughs) coming from yeah well, what's that line? I think it's C.S. Lewis. I, I hope I hope it's C.S. Lewis. He says, within every acorn of forest. Yeah. I, it's like the size of a dice. Yeah. I mean, it's tiny. Or what's that, you know, whatever you do or don't believe about the Big Bang Theory. Sure. I'm not, you know, a proponent of. I'm just saying. Sure. The It's uh, a funny show. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, you're talking about no, the actual the, science. Uh, you know, the hypothesis goes that, well, it's not a hypothesis. The belief is that, is that at one point, the entirety of the mass of our universe was condensed in a ball that could fit on a spoon. Right, a teaspoon, right, yeah. And yet within that ball was already existing the mass of the universe. Or I, the potential for the mass yeah, of the I, universe. I'm going to be honest, I don't understand that. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's the same thing is happening. The in same the mechanism yeah. is yeah. happening yeah. Yeah. in a tree, in an acorn or yeah. some seeds. It's kind of bonkers. Yeah. And and I think that's why we use that little circle image of the tree roots. I think so. I think so. It's like Mildred Schultz had no idea. She was just like, here's 10 grand that we sacrifice and put together and they bought what is now our theater at saratoga campus she had no idea they were probably like oh my gosh how are we gonna do this and you know and yeah now here we are and there's 200 people in our church i was like this is amazing she had like no idea that that little thing would give away tens of millions of dollars to build you know right for three hundred thousand people to have clean water she had no clue it's like but it's all in there it was yeah. all in that thing that she you know said yes to when god asked her to it's like so i i hope we can be a faithful part of that sort of story yeah um the thing that the thing that hit me this this time i mean you've already gone through this with staff you talked about this i've i've had a chance to sit with this but in real time sitting there like listening to all this stuff again and trying to trying to really pray and think through it the thing that hit me was um how much money this place has given away. Yeah. That, that uh, there's, there is a, we've talked about this before. I think that there's probably a general feeling that Christians aren't, aren't in the culture. You know, there's caricatures of Christians, but the radical generosity I've seen at this, at this place and other churches I've been at too, but this place especially yeah. is really it, that it feels like people are saying, we're trying so hard to be serious yeah. about Jesus and really help people. That was so inspirational. Yeah. The other part that really hit me was just the idea 
of participation being a means of spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I just, I, I sometimes it's just like, well, listen, I know you're busy, but if you could just, and I kind of hem and haw, mm-hmm. and I'm like, listen, I know it's hard, but if you could just re- reprioritize, I promise you'll see some, you'll promise, I promise you'll see some fruit, you know? Mm-hmm. Instead, it's like, no, nah, this is the way. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know what's to say. Yeah. If you want to, you, this is what you do. Yeah. If you want to grow, this is what happens. Participation. Yeah is faithfulness to God. It's right. like, it's not like optional. It's not like if you have enough time or if you decide it's like, it really is the yeah. way that we grow and, yeah. and it's really exciting. Yeah. So that, that was something. Cause sometimes there's a little bit of a, and you, I'm sure you don't feel this, but there's a lot of asking people to serve or asking people to do stuff. You're like, man, what if they think I'm asking too much right. or, but it's, what if they think, what if they're like, man, what, who are you to ask me to give up my time? Mm. It's like, no, this is just the way to grow. Yeah. This is what it means. Yep. And it's really exciting. Yeah. So that was it. And then the other thing that was just so inspiring was, um, just, uh, like anon, just anonymous nobodies who's the the people that, whose stories I will never know throughout history, mm. whose shoulders I am standing on. Yeah, and I get a chance to be a part of a church. It, it'll be anonymous. No one's going to know my name. Whatever. But we get to we get to build upon history, the history of the church yeah. that goes back. Like so, we're we're the next ring in the oak tree. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And that to me is like so exciting. Yeah. Like. And then somebody will come up beyond us, my yeah. kids, your kids, yeah. and they'll get to do that. So mm-hmm. the sense of, for me, that that rootedness in the history of the church and this this crazy long lineage and story across continents yeah. and people groups and languages, that yep. and we get to be our, our part of that right now, right here. Yeah. And we're That's all awesome. connected because, I mean... I, we give money out and we have missionaries to go. We're connected to large parts of the world. Right. And this is like this organic, like just like that tree metaphor you talked about how trees somehow share nutrients with each yeah, other yeah. in the forest. We're connected, yes. you know, and yes. that, that to me was so, and I, I, I get super jazzed by that. Yeah. I think that that's so, so incredible because yeah. it's like, oh my gosh, I am a part of something. Yeah. Yes. I'm a tiny part, but I'm a part of it. That's right. And what I'm a part of is super beautiful. Yeah. It's really cool. I love it. So that's it. Okay, well, I'm going to close with the Ephesians 3, mm. which for my money is one of the best prayers in the entire Bible. Yeah. And yes. it really, it, I, this is one of, this is some of Paul's best work. Yeah. And there's so much in this worthy of reflection, but yeah. this is our prayer, not for just the Ephesians, but for Christians through the age. This is what you ended on. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to re- re- read this. Um, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, mm. from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches that he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, mm. so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Mm. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Is there a better prayer for a, an individual or a group of people? Yeah. So good. It's so great. And we pray that for everyone here at Westgate, but also anyone who, who might come mm-hmm. anyone we encounter and, uh, 
I suppose for any Christian anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, thanks for this. Yeah. And, um, we're going to, actually, we're going to continue on with really compassion immersion, which starts next week is, yeah. is a continuation of the stuff we've been talking about. That's right. Uh, it's all, it's all connected. Yeah. So, yes. Well, and so I, I hope that, um, as people go forward, that it's been a blessing as they've entered into this journey. So thanks for taking us on it. Yeah. Thank you guys. I'm excited to see what God does. Yeah. Not just this week. Yeah. For years to come. For years. It's exciting. Generations. Exciting. No telling what a a group of people wholly devoted to God, what God can do in that. Yeah. No, no telling. It's Mm -hmm. exciting. All right, man. Thanks. Thank you. All right. Bye. Just want to say thanks to Jay Kim for stopping by. And thanks to everybody here who calls Westgate home for your participation in the Here to Stay campaign. Uh, Again, I do hope that we grow deep roots together, that we become a family, that we belong, and that we serve our community and love our neighbor really, really well in the coming years to come. So excited about what God's going to do in that and through us. And again, like Jay said, all it takes is for us to be faithful. And that's all we can control. That's it. We can't control anything else. So that's okay. And that's okay because God's big and God is strong. So next week is the start of our Compassion Immersion sermon series, where we're going to be talking about global and local compassion. So I'm going to have Kayvon Tarani, our global compassion pastor, and Finney Abraham, our local compassion pastor, come on back-to-back weeks to talk a little bit about what it means to love God globally and locally. So uh, join us next week for Compassion Immersion. <laughs>